you're a podcast. And I'm a person. And do you, you need to? Do we need to say more? And and you, in fact, might be. Hey, check with your doctor. You might be a listener. Uh, talk to your doctor if you or your loved ones might have listening. Talk to your doctor if you're listening to podcasts. Yeah, definitely you talk to your that doctor. It's not supposed to happen. Uh, hi, everybody. Hello. It's me. Oh, sorry. That was I should have responded. That was that was uh, directed to the plural. I am merely a singular man. It's it's media majors. Another week of everybody's favorite slow talk radio podcast. What's slow talk radio? Where we talk like this, and we Ooh, I and don't we like it. Wish and we wish well to all the sailors out there who might be listening. Hey, if you're a sailor and you listen to this podcast, send me a picture of what Sonic's fucking feet look like. <laughs> um, this is Media Majors. It's a storytelling podcast about major media. I'm Tom Lockney. I'm Liam Sr. I took a hit at a really bad time. And every week, we tell each other a true story from our preferred mediums. I like the realms of video games and internet culture and their intersection. And I like the realms of movies and TV. Each realm will be featured in the upcoming uh, Nutcracker in the Four Realms movie. And, the, and all the realms of elves and men. Santa, elves, Santa's workshop. Elves are gamers. So are men. And orcs are jocks. Everyone's a gamer and now. And gnomes are the nerds. No, no, no. What orcs are we doing? Are, orcs are also gamers. Gnomes? That's right. Also gamers. I don't like this ma- mapping game we're doing. Hang on. Um, what are the other? Orakai? indistinguishable to me from orcs but also gamers aren't they like orcs that they got more orcified i think they're orcs and humans maddie's listening to this and going insane (laughs) tearing her hair out and yelling at us and every week we center these stories around a theme and this week the theme was control zuck controlza or control controlza my favorite italian painter Mm. In 2001, Nintendo released the GameCube. It's the best name of any console ever, no question. And it's I don't also... know, man. The Xbox One? Oh, man. I can't wait for the Xbox Two. Which is weird because it you goes... Think, do you think they will name it the Xbox Two? Nah, I don't think so. I think they're going to... It's going to be like the Xbox. I think it's going to be a letter. Oh, you know what? Yeah, because they're doing one S. It's gonna be which? Yeah. Ooh, which letter? Oh my God! Do you know what? I Xbox bet you. X. I bet you it's gonna be. A, I'm calling it right now. I bet you it's gonna be like a Roman or Greek symbol, like Veda, Xbox, like Alpha, yeah. Alpha Tai, Alpha Tau. Not important. Doesn't matter. Ugh, our frat listeners are losing <laughs> are their minds. Kill us. They will. Yeah. Uh, it's. In my opinion, the GameCube is one of the greatest consoles of all time, though it is not without its critics. Who hates Project Dolphin? (laughs) I call it by its classic name. It's perhaps most commonly derided for its controller shape, another (gasps) thing I enjoy. Yeah, there's a lot of people that don't like the GameCube controller. Oh, so they're wrong. That's weird. Do they have, like, Lego hands? I think that that it's the best It's the best controller ever made. made. I think it's the best controller Nintendo's made. Have you looked at an N64 controller? Jesus Christ. There's three prongs. I was literally thinking, like... There's three fucking prongs. It looks like... This is old hat, but there's three prongs. It looks like someone taped two small and one large sex toy together and then added a bunch of 
but like my favorite hard drive article is woman uh, reminisces about old vibrator and it's a picture of a Nintendo 64 controller. <laughs> like that that explains everything wrong with that controller. Uh, it's, oh, I'm mad now. It's well, it'd be, it curves it curves differently from other uh, uh, controllers. The buttons seem warped to wrap around each other. It only has one trigger on each side, bucking the R1 R2 trend of the Sony DualShock and the Xbox controller. Hey, the Duke. It's hey, called. Uh, hot take. I hate the double trigger thing because I've got big fucking dumb sausage fingers. <laughs> The sticks are also asymmetrical. Yes! God, I am fucking furious. People don't like the GameCube controller. And I get thinking that it's like kind of goofy and silly and weird, but I genuinely, oh, I love the finger feel and the palm feel of it. It's the mm. control. He, because I don't like my thumbs being, like, I enjoy the. Is, I can't do things with my hands at the I, You did not realize how upset this was gonna this make is me. This the closest that this podcast has ever come to being a traditional gaming podcast because we're, we're pissed both. off at GameCube haters right now. This thing is weird, but in a good way. It's so good. Oh. It's colorful. It's so fresh and new. One of them is orange. Yeah. But it's simply one in a long list of bizarre controllers, and it was not destined to be the last. You see, at about this time, 2001, for those forgetful like me, Nintendo... (laughs) You can cut this, but there's specifically a thing in 2001 that we were told never to forget. (laughs) What was it? Oh, Spider-Man 1 coming out. (laughs) The movie. Oh, boy. Nintendo immediately decides to develop something new, something radical, something <laughs> revolutionary. And then someone got hit in the head with a TV remote, and they thought, yes, yes, <laughs> oh, this is it. They wanted to build a console that wasn't based around power. This wasn't a fat rake for the home. <laughs> they wanted to change the game, or rather the thing that the games would be played on. By 2004, they had a code name for this project, The Revolution. Though today, we know it as the Wii. I, I legitimately, like, <laughs> that's such a precious code name, but I legitimately do kind of understand what they were the mentality at. behind naming it something like that. Because, like, yeah, we had dumb bullshit like the fucking Power Glove, but Nintendo was like, hey, all right, we've had the NES, the SNES, uh, the N64. 64, the GameCube. We've been like, we've been cranking out the hits and like, we are going to be the first major console developer to do an entire fucking console based around motion controls. Yeah. Like that's big. That's big in a way that is different from like, even, even before when they did the, their, oh God, I'm, I'm blanking on the name, but they're the, oh, the virtual Virtual Boy. boy the the that crappy little headache machine <laughs> like the anti uh, ibuprofen yeah like they'd had like they'd had successes yet but they i mean like they were not like two and a half decades deep in the paint you know it was truly a product no one had ever encountered or attempted before an entire console built on the promise of motion controls which is like uh, that's the other thing that's so bold about it is like you develop a console for that and that means that you're like all right motherfuckers hey game developers guess what i hope you like motion controls because you're gonna develop for them 
If you thought the GameCube controller was weird, well, go fuck yourself, <laughs> yeah. buddy. Welcome to the Wiimote Nunchuck. That's right, the Nunchuck. The Wiimote is a wand, a rectangular cubic wand. And the Nunchuck is a palm lump with a joystick. Yeah. You're essentially holding the sack and the dick of a robot. <laughs> they're two, they're connected by a cord. It's the, the taint. Pits. It's the taint cord. <laughs> I think that they're terrible. Oh, the controller? It's they're garbage. They're so bad. They never worked right. Like, even not like, like like even completely divorced from the motion controls, I don't like, I don't no. like touching them. It's not, I like, hate it. You don't like doing this? Um, uh, audio, audio medium. medium. God damn there it. There we go. He did that, you know, Liam did that thing. Oh, we, oh, we uses this one's This one's for you. Uh, the, he did that thing where you shake, you shake both controllers up yeah. and down, and you can feel, and you, and you can, can feel, feel your arm your muscles. Whole, your arm muscles and are like, why? This is not. Uh, uh, this is not what we're supposed to be doing. I and you know what's funny is I remember maybe four years after the Wii came out, mm -hmm. they came out with Skyward Sword, and there was uh, apologies if you talk about this, but that's when they were like, okay, okay, we heard you. There's an extra thing you can plug into the back for yeah, more motion. That and makes you're like, it good. You kinda. did it hear us. Because guess what? I'm running around and Link is waving his arms, Kimbo, oh like he's God. Kermit. But after the Wii's release in 2006, these bizarre controllers usher in a strange, new, and brief age. The age of 21st century mainstream motion control. Yeah, I, the fucking PS4 ones. Mm -hmm. Oh, those were so weird. Uh, the, and, and this is because, like, the reason that that shit followed suit is because the Wii is, like, it's the third highest selling console of all time. Oh. Like, it's sixth if you include, like, the like DS Game Boy Game Boy Color and stuff okay. like that, but like I, let's talk. It is it is. Like, I believe it's the PlayStation Two, the PlayStation. I can't remember. And the Wii. Well, was I feel like the PlayStation One had to have been the first three D graphic. Yes. One, yeah. Right? Uh, or I, did the sixty four uh, come out first? You know what? Didn't do research on that part. So I I think it was I think that was comparable. It like, had Microsoft to, yeah. was late to the game on that. Oh, super like, late. The Xbox was around. Yeah. Before, like. I don't, were we even, I was, I think we were, like, toddlers Well, because, like, PS1 is, is, like, the big, like, oh, like, this is everybody trying to do 3D, and it's, yeah. like, third-party shit, so it's broader, but, like, not a lot of people really had, like, grokked 3D game dev yet at that point, versus, like, Nintendo, which was very, like, specific and curated, the Nintendo 64, yeah? Grokked? Grok. Like you, uh, you understand something. You grok at. Oh, I'm stealing that one. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh, you can have it, my friend. Yeah, I mean, and I'd... and 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 you too, listener. ASMR, awful. Stop, man. <laughs> Regatta. Um. Uh. Pa 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 pa. Where did I go in the story? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. In 2009, both Sony and Microsoft reveal two motion control peripherals: the Kinect, then refer then referred to as project natal and uh well I, I well i know that people said natal but i think it's natal and the playstation move i couldn't find anything specific about like their conception like i found like oh like the wii got started development in 2001 um i couldn't find anything specific about the move or the connect though i i would be shocked if microsoft and sony hadn't been toying or wait a flirting. minute wait 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 if the Wii went into development in 2001, 
that's the year the GameCube came out. Yeah, that's yeah, that's Fucking what I said. Good for you, Nintendo. Yeah, that's, I didn't like click on that. Yeah, they immediately were like on that Damn. hustle. You know, Pete, we we people and us have like all. It's an easy joke to be like Nintendo is, seems to always be like a generation behind, but at the same time, they're now weirdly yeah. doing. And even though that console Ugh. definitely like oh like they, like it did it did ultimately like critically hurt them that like shit was still an SD on the Wii U but like it paid off for them yeah. like the the Wii is is why they can do like weird experimental stuff I think I mean like I love the Switch yeah. I think the Switch is 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 just as good and as the game it's doing Cube. quite well for them apparently Yeah I wouldn't well it's cuz stores never have them cuz they only made 6 uh but yeah, like I don't know exactly when the move and the connect came into conception, but I would be shocked if they hadn't been like messing around would, with motion controls. I would imagine it would probably be like a little bit before the public knew about the Wii. That's my guess. I, I feel like yeah, I don't in, know industries talk to each other, uh, and also people within industries talk to each other. And I and I also feel like like even if they were not, I do not think that Sony and Microsoft were like, yes, we will make a console around this. I would be shocked if they had not had plans for like peripheral stuff which is which is kind of what these things ended up being yeah like that's the i think that's the big difference between the wii and the move and the and the natal is that uh those two were optional despite the best efforts of both companies more microsoft though um jesus yeah wow. i think the connect should get its own episode i would love to give it its own i episode. think the connect should get its you own ever episode. seen the bottom of an avatar shoe boom there it is Oh, God. Uh, but it's clear that the runaway success of the Wii motivated the two companies to pursue a perceived market of motion control. Hungry gamers. Well, there's... Oh, the, I'll wait, but there's the... an interesting connection with this to television that I think you'll find fascinating. Cool. Uh, the PlayStation Move was, to my memory, better received, specifically because it is... I think it's more accessible. It is like the Wii, a wand... But instead of a fucking rectangle, it actually like curves to fit in your hand. It has a cool glowy top at it, the top. Yeah, and and also like the the motion controls were a lot more precise than the Wii. So like I think that was the big comparison point. So everybody was a little more favorable to the move, I, even though like I I I do genuinely think that Microsoft tried weirder, more interesting stuff with the Connect and 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 really really tried to support it more. Um, but the the move was the one that was better received although uh i i don't know exactly but from what i was reading i believe it sold worse although i think sony was less interested in pushing it i think there are a lot of factors there in terms of like which which one of these new competitors did better also they have very different functions ultimately one is one is the wand and the connect for anybody not familiar is is <laughs> sort of like your body is the controller it, kind of yeah it's it's like um well actually the the playstation move had roots in the playstation i mm. which is i think the the closest comparison point to what the connect was uh which the and this is also why i think that sony was like probably fucking around with like motion control bullshit um is because that the, there is a direct a to b line internally at least between like here is this camera that you put on your TV and it will look at your body and and it will insert it into the game and and you will get to interact with things albeit in a rudimentary fashion um 
but like that will you know it's it's motion controls but not like typically how we think of them and connect was very much the same way but in like uh on, on like a uh a, a deeper scale where it's like oh this is like it reads your body in the room and it attaches you to the framework of like an avatar and you can exist and move in a 3d space with the connect whereas like playstation i was very much like i'm gonna build a bridge with my arms uh neither peripheral performed particularly well in either sales reception or both Sony has openly stated that the move did not sell as well as they wanted it to. And though the Kinect had a strong start, I believe it, ah, oh God, I, I think it sold 8 million. I know that it was the fastest selling new peripheral in history at the time. But fastest selling is not necessarily. Yeah, exactly. Thing. Hey, burn bright. Shine bright, you crazy diamond. Um, ah, I love the Beatles. And, uh, you know things get rocky for the connect the move performs poorly enough that sony doesn't really bother like salvaging it like i think they still keep manufacturing it for but because uh, it still exists um but they, they don't really try to like make pivot it at all but microsoft really sinks its teeth into the connect they expand its functionality to make it more like siri for xbox like oh yeah xbox I connect that. like xbox on xbox netflix xbox friend Ross. <laughs> Friend Chandler. No no. 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 Could I be any more alone? <laughs> uh they start selling it with bundles. And and like I like yes, there were bundles for the PlayStation move and the PS4, but like I they were much less aggressively sold to the consuming public, I think, than like the Xbox was like Connect and Xbox. These two, you gotta get both of them, baby. Can't have one without the other. Chocolate and peanut butter. Uh, most infamous, uh, however, among Microsoft's decisions was their choice to make the Connect a requirement to use the Xbox One. Woof. Yeah. Uh, this was pre-console release, and the backlash was so adamant that they ultimately reneged on this decision because it would have been a fucking privacy nightmare. Also, hey, yeah. it's a camera. It's always on. And also, and also at that time, they were like, and you have to be connected to the internet at all times. I remember this. Xbox what what the fuck is wrong with these people That's so weird. it's just like so out of touch with like there's so many people who like either don't have internet to to make it worthwhile or like can't fucking afford it like like seriously that uh, it's enough a month that i i that that people just choose not to you know yeah and like oh it's a, it's a camera that's like like everybody joked about it being the eye of sauron but like yeah like you you would have you would have had yeah, a camera NSA, in your home that was always on and like i'm sorry but like if you turn on the xbox dashboard it's all fucking ads for bullshit and like it, it like we have seen corporation after corporation like facebook twitter obviously like algorithms they they would i 100 percent, i guarantee you like steal your fucking social security card to make a buck microsoft doesn't fucking care about your privacy uh, and so that's why it's good that they reneged on this decision. Uh, regardless, they still included it with the Xbox One bundles again, and this effort to push the Connect is met by an apathetic public because nobody liked this thing really. It was kind of inconsistent and didn't really work in the way that it needed to. And in 2017, the Connect was officially discontinued. The PlayStation Move has enjoyed a second life as the controllers of PlayStation VR 
but so ended the strange era of fascination with motion controls in video games. But it will, however, be preserved. This is the thing I was talking about. I can't think of any off the top of my head, mm-hmm. as I was not did not have time to prepare. But I remember seeing numerous sitcoms uh, have people playing games, video games via the Wii, or which which I think will kind of not. Like, people kind of remember that more because of just that was, like, a moment. Like, it yeah. was more than just yeah. that. Yeah, and, and, inc- and an incredible... That's the thing is, like, uh, so many people bought it. So many yeah. people bought it. So it's not just a moment, but it's a moment that everybody remembers. It's not, like, guy looking over his shoulder meme that's mainly just for people on Twitter. It's, oh, like, such a good one, so many fucking people bought the Wii that, like, it's, like, grandparents know what the Wii is. Uh, whereas I've also seen episodes of television where the characters are using the PS Move. Really? Yeah. Oh, dog. wow. And I just think about how, like, man, 15 years from now, people are going to be like, I don't, I can't They're place like, what, what is like, this? What is this? I, Cause, cause I the- feel like I've seen an episode using a, a not if not a connect, some sort of thing that is always on, but... Yeah, I remember the wands. Well, because that's the thing too about the the PlayStation Move is like, I if if VR does prove sustainable for like big corporations, like I, I don't think that Sony relies on a headgear in their wands forever. I think that they phase out the Move and just have like a, you know, dedicated VR package that maybe incorporates the same design, but it's not the Move. And, or, or a similar design but it's it's not going to be the move and people are going to be like what why why does it what are the balls what are those little balls well it's medium balls it's not that big we're gonna take a break like golf. yeah about the size of a golf ball and that's the accurate description we're gonna take a break and then afterwards i'm gonna get upset people ask me why should i listen to your podcast because there's like 10 million x-files podcasts in there i say one we give great commentary because all those other x-files podcasts they're just like fucking masturbating over chris carter's creation yeah number two we will make you come <laughs> whether you like it or not yeah it's gonna happen well We're- We'll hit a button sooner or later. Yeah, we're, you know what? We're going to cover so many fucking hot topics, and one of them, someday, going to be yours. Gonna and be you yours. might not even know it. You'll be sitting there listening, you'll be like, oh, damn. I completed, and I didn't even know that was my thing. Five stars. <laughs> Review, please. Catch the Double X Files Tuesdays at noon on your favorite podcast app. Baby, we'll treat you so right. So, uh, hey, before we start, I assume a content warning. Yeah, uh, a brief one. Um, we will be talking about f- the book and film Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah definite content warning. We on won't. That one. We won't be going into a ton of detail. 
of the book or its misrepresentation of the actual BDSM and kink scene. Mm-hmm. However, if either topics of that nature or the misrepresentation of that scene bothers you, well, I mean, like, I think, I think, like, we can go farther than saying it's a misrepresentation. I've seen those movies, and what they, what they portray is not lies. We'll not, say well, lies. No, 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 it's not BDSM. It's abuse. Like, yes, that, like the the author of of this book and and the people who were in charge of that script were just like this is abuse like they didn't get it i don't think but they think that bdsm is like psychological and emotional abuse el james does um yeah the term fan fiction has been attested in print as early as 1939 uh, however, it was used as an insult to refer to amateurish science fiction as opposed to pro-fiction. Uh, the term also appeared in the 1944 fan not a good name, an encyclopedia of fandom jargon. It is defined there as a fiction about fans, or sometimes about pros, and occasionally bringing in some famous characters from science fiction stories. Mm. So fan fiction for a really long time used to mean that a boy was like a bunch of people meeting a boy, boy, I really love Arthur Conan and then they like hang out with him in the story which is fucking delightful yeah that's very nice um the modern phenomenon of fan fiction as an expression of fandom and fan interaction was popularized was popularized and defined via star trek fandom and their fanzines Mm -hmm. published in the 60s the first star trek fanzine spockanalia much better name fan cyclopedia good lord uh, Spockanalia in 1967 contained some fanfiction, and a lot of the other zines followed suit. Fanfiction uh, is just fiction made for free as a labor of love. Uh, one interesting fact I learned that I thought was cool, 83% of Star Trek fanfiction authors were female by 1970, and the number oh, jumped to, ni- oh, to 90% really? in 1973. Wow. Yeah, well, I you know what I wonder too, like men can't finish things. Well, no, 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 and I do think that part of that too is that like there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of like male fans who write fic and are have the confidence to send it in, and then it gets picked up because that it is written by men and women uh, are like for, for like lots of societal reasons they will also write those things, but like either they don't send it in or if they do, it's not taken seriously. Cause it's because it's written by women like like people what i'm hearing is that you don't believe women can write <laughs> no, i'm just kidding <laughs> people no no, no yeah there's like i see people making fun of fan fiction all the time and there's very much a uh a misogynist undercurrent in those mockeries which is ridiculous because most movies now are basically just fan fictions of other properties yeah just saying fucking fucking just saying infinity war is just it's just fanfic it's just, it's just series fanfic. of references they meet each other they they argue they fight and then they're friends the Dark Knight is fanfic. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Like, hey, I'm sorry if that bothers you, but that's, <laughs> it's just hero. professional fanfic. Yeah. Look, I love that movie, but yeah, and like again, and again, and again, well, no, no, and again, like that's fine. Like, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong. Like, there's with nothing it being wrong. Fan fiction, but the difference, the difference is that like budget. Some is yeah, some is paid and is given a level of prestige that is perhaps in some cases unearned. Uh, the internet ha- then the internet happened and like you know fan fiction became a total thing every and i mean this mm-hmm. every big pop culture ip has 
hundreds, if not thousands, if not millions, if not billions of fan fiction written about yeah. it, ranging from it, 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 like just extended universe to to like pornography, which is also totally yeah. fine, uh, as long as it is written with uh, with not a kind to be heart. Hurt. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and to quote to quote Big Mouth, people hockey stick, coffee stain, water cup, sideways comb this shit. <laughs> the Twilight Saga is a book series written by Stephanie Myers and tells the story of Bella and her kind of abusive vampire boyfriend Edward, who manipulates her and is generally pretty shitty, and then yeah. they get married. Uh, there's also a werewolf named Jacob who imprints on an infant he decides to marry. They're not oh great books. God. People forget it, but I don't. Yeah, yeah they sure do. But you know, love triangle. Man, we are we are far enough. You remember? Sorry, not to derail you, but you remember how when we were growing up, there was that undercurrent or that that or that rise of like the prequels are good actually because kids like them, and it's like no, like these movies are fucking racist tripe written by some fucking idiot who doesn't know what he's doing and is getting paid more than God. Like we are as far enough into the life cycle of Twilight that I'm seeing takes that are like Twilight was good nope, actually, and it wasn't. It is not. No, no, no. Um, it was it was written by a woman who was raised as a sheltered Mormon, and it reflects a lot of the that uh abusive there's just a lot of negative, bad you know, negative you know, shit negative in it. things that are in in religious communities yep um myers has never been able to top this uh she kind of hit the zeitgeist bled it dry for about six years and then after the last movie which they had to split in two i like i think all we're gonna get of twilight now are just takes Probably, yeah. Uh, she tried to write another book called The Host, and it I've, just... I've seen the movie. There, it didn't make any... A, d- a, d- like, d- yeah. a double Oof. quick uh, uh, content warning on this one for, like, sexual assault. There's a particularly Aww. grisly scene in that. Not grisly, but, like... So the host, uh, the the main character, is taken over by an alien, but but un- her, unlike other humans, because she is special, because this is YA, um, she retains internal autonomy so she can speak to the alien that is in her body and the alien wants to fuck this one guy that that the uh original body haver does not and there's a horrible scene where he's kissing her and she's kissing him but the one inside her is literally screaming no 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 yeah and like it's just so fucking bad Stephanie Myers. Oh, boy. Enter Erica Mitchell. Erica Mitchell was born on March 7th, 1963 in Wilesden, Middlesex, a place in England. Hmm. Where where you you have sex in the middle. I gotta do it in the middle. Yeah, in between the frame and the mattress. Uh, After leaving university, she became a studio manager in the National Film and Television School in Beaconsfield. She married uh, Niall Leonard, a screenwriter, in 1987, and they have two teenage sons. Uh, In late 2008... Mitchell saw the movie Twilight and became instantly absorbed with the novels that the movie was based on. She then read the novels several times over in a period of few days, and then, for the first time in her life, sat down to write a book. A basically a sequel to the Twilight novels. Between January and August 2009, she wrote two such books in quick succession. She then discovered the phenomenon of fanfiction. Under the pen name Snow Queen's Ice Dragon... <laughs> Hell yes. Mitchell published oh my God. Master of the Universe, a Twilight fan fiction episodically released on her on a fan site. After comments of people being like, 
hey, this is a misrepresentation of the BDSM scene. She moved it to her own website. Yeah, even that early on, wow, people were pointing. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, oh yeah 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 right yeah, 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 yeah. Bat, huh? from from the get go people were like you're full of shit you don't know what you're talking about. Uh, she moved it to her own website fiftyshades.com and continued to write Masters of the Universe. Remember, it was called Master of the Universe for the longest time. <laughs> oh I want everyone to remember that Master because that title is garbage town. This reworked and extended version of Master of the Universe was split into three parts. The first, titled Fifty Shades of Grey, was released as an ebook and a print-on-demand paperback in May 2011 by The Writer's Coffee Shop, a virtual publisher based in Australia. The second volume, Fifty Shades Darker, was released in September of 2011, and the third, Fifty Shades Freed, followed in January 2012. Uh, so she wrote she wrote all this episodically mm-hmm. in the span of about like two years. The Writer's Coffee Shop had a restricted market budgeting and relied, sorry, had a restricted budget and relied largely on book blogs, um, but sales of the novel were boosted by word-of-mouth recommendation. The book's quote-unquote erotic nature and perceived demographic of its fans being uh, base being as composed of largely married women over their 30s led to the book being dubbed at mommy porn by some news agencies. Oh my god! Who don't realize oh that that's god. kind of already a thing and they're idiots and it's, well... That's another media matrix in a different podcast. Yes, in a different realm. <laughs> in a realm where, where we're two women. <laughs> yup. By the release of the final volume in 2012, news networks in the United States had become to report on the Fifty Shades trilogy because uh, news was, I guess, nothing happened at that time. Oh, oh, things were happening. They just didn't care. There we go. Uh, it was an example of viral marketing as well as the rise of female erotica. I, I, I knew, <sighs> I knew. That's the thing that uh, I think that really bothers me about this was like, I, this came out when we were in high school. Sure did. I was, I, I remember uh, a, a girl in my advisory being like, this book is so good. And I didn't like know what it was at all other than that like, oh, like, it's a fuck book or whatever you want to call it. It is. And then and now that I've I've seen the movies, I'm like, that is kind of alarming that like a young person read this and was like, I like this and this is like aspirational to me, you know. Not that not not not, not that like you know, people don't grow up and realize things, but like that I mean like that's that's the point of, of responsible fiction is that like young people read things geared towards them and it influences their worldview. This happened to you and me, you know. Uh, the license of the fifty series trilogy was picked up by vintage books for a re release in a new and and quote unquote revised edition. It wasn't revised. <laughs> uh, and eventually it was picked up by Penguin Random House. Mm-hmm. and resold in hardback. On August 1st in 2012, Amazon UK announced that it had sold more copies of Fifty Shades of Grey than it had the entire Harry Potter series combined, making Erica Mitchell, aka E.L. James, its best-selling author, author replacing J.K. Rowling. That's do, mortifying. Do with that information what you will. That's mortifying because this is an abuse novel. Though worldwide, the Harry Potter... Uh, it's, yeah, for... Uh, Though though worldwide the Harry Potter series has sold more than four hundred fifty million compared with the Fifty Shades Girl of sixty million copies, but like within the UK it fucking crushed. Mm-hmm. And again, I need to point this out because the story 
we're we're at we're about to hit part three, and uh, this was published chapter by chapter, episodically. E.L. James had time to look at immediate, instantaneous responses to her work. Mm-hmm. There was no editor. And when they were revised, they were pretty much lightly revised. They're mainly, or probably, I would imagine, just like edited for spelling and and punctuation or something like that. Pretty much instead just that. Of like instead of like notes on the story, because of the nature of the episodic and serialized writing, if a subplot is picked up, that's great. But a lot of subplots were dropped because she could see the the she was able to gauge her audience's interest in them. Mm-hmm. It's a really bad way to write a cohesive story, uh, because it's 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 like almost like designed by algorithm. Like, wow, people really respond to this. I should just do it more instead of like, you know, con- considering the ramifications of your fiction. The reason that it wasn't really revised is that this is Mitchell's baby. This is what made her really famous. This is mm-hmm. what made her a lot of money. This is her baby because her actual babies are like actually like grown adults now. And can you imagine if your mother in your adulthood oh, wrote God. about her weird ass spank fantasies and made well, I... because she's admitted that it's just all of her fantasies. Oh really? Yeah. Oh my god. Wow. That's that's very sad. Uh... So what's the next step? You make that movie adaptation, baby. Mm-hmm. Knowing this would be a huge cash cow, producers started to look for a writer and director immediately. They picked English artist and filmmaker Sam Taylor Johnson. Fun fact, Elton John once said that if he were straight, he would want to marry and spend the rest of his life with Sam Taylor Johnson because of her art. She's a really good photographer. Did you know that Elton John is friends with Rush Limbaugh? I did not know that. Yeah, they are friends with, they are sober buddies. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Elton. Elton, come back to us. Elton. I don't know why I find that so funny. It's just, it's just such. Uh, okay. She was chosen from a list that included Angelina Jolie, Steven Soderbergh, Ryan Murphy, Joe Wright, and Gus Van Sant. Well, that's a. <laughs> that is an interesting list. Yeah. I feel like so. This is oh, my prediction. This is my the prediction. These are as deep as they are wide. Angelina Jolie doesn't take it. Of course not. Steven Soderbergh doesn't take it. I don't. I think he wouldn't take it. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, I, I don't think it he doesn't. Would. He see, it's he, not. He's not interesting to him. He needs a little more like, you know, like doom, doom, like when can I put in the the song with the heavy bass? Yeah, 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 totally. Ryan Murphy takes it in a fucking a- absolutely heartbeat. no question. Joe Wright is a weird choice. He does a lot of you're, stylized I, period pieces. I'm Ryan Murphy. You're telling me you've handed me a script that calls a woman a bitch like a hundred times in a minute? Did I write fucking this? fantastic? And Gus Van Sant, I think, I think he would have taken it. I think he would have dropped out of the project two months in, and we'll we'll see why. Um, so Taylor Johnson uh, says that uh, has said that this was the worst experience of her entire life. Wow. Uh, two different creative visions. Taylor Johnson says of the dynamic with the novelist, her vision versus mine, and they were polar opposite. Every scene was fought over. It was tough. It was like wading uphill through sticky tar. Oh my god. Her thing was, this is what the fans inspect. I'd be like, well, let's try and hit those marks, but create a new universe at the same time. E.L. James was a complete and total monster to work with. She was on set every day because she had an unprecedented amount of power. For some reason, producers gave her, like, so much power in decision making. That's 
wild. So Sam Taylor Johnson is, is a woman, and screenwriter Kelly Marcel, who co-wrote Venom, a movie that better understands uh, the sexuality of power play dynamics <laughs> yeah. way more than Fifty Shades. <laughs> And they were brought in specifically to, like, curb the abuse narrative, to make it not an abuse narrative, and could to actually... A, could, could you imagine, could you imagine E.L. James's un, unadulterated, pure, raw, and uncut version of that movie? Yeah, it's the it book. It would be awful. It's gross. It would be ghoulish. So, like... But, and, and, and it's, but it's so much more real. It's like it would be like the fucking scene at the end of Mother when Ugh. when Jennifer Lawrence gets hit and the camera shakes Ugh, and it's supposed it's to bad. be cool. Because uh, filmmaking, filmmaking. Because like I've read quotes from both of these women who were like, "This is a nightmare." <laughs> what literally like we had to make. Oh my god! So many compromises. That sounds terrible. So like there 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 was a scene that Sam Taylor Johnson fought for. Uh, you know, let's we'll get to that in a second. Um, so this is just a small example, and I think it speaks to the larger process. Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned, how the movie uh doesn't really, you know, it is is very close to the book in in when it comes to these scenes of of pure abuse. It's terrible. It's it's terrible. I I managed to like make it through those movies, but they were like extremely triggering so to I'm me. So I'm only yeah. going to I'm only talking about the first one for reasons you'll see why. It it's so inter- it's so weird because there are scenes that lift up the abuse from that, but there are scenes that they got to change that take away that and give uh, Dakota Johnson like agency and make even her... a little bit <laughs> no but it's but it's like specifically the contract negotiation mm-hmm. scene if you I, I like saw uh, pages of it and how they did it in, in the movie and it's completely different well actually like that scene I think is like the most because like you and I like like you and I are not experts on BDSM God, no. at all but I I do think that like you don't i don't think you have to be to know that this movie doesn't get it because the base level is like you are signing like she is signing a contract of what she can and cannot do and she does not know or understand several other things in the contract and if you are a person who's going to engage in bdsm with somebody and they don't know what's what these things are that you're gonna do to them then you'd be like oh okay never mind oh goodbye in in the book (laughs) She she just signs it without asking questions. In oh the movie, she asks questions and crosses stuff out because the director and screenwriter were like, "No, if a woman would want to do this, body she would, away yeah. without knowing the things that are gonna happen." Jesus Christ! Hey, uh, if if the content warning spoke to you, hit like hit some skip buttons because this is where it gets. Yeah, we're gonna talk about it a bit. There's a scene in the book where Christian Grey removes a tampon from Anna oh without her, like, just does it without question and then continues to have intercourse with her. Uh, no. Both Sam Taylor Johnson and Kelly Marcel were like, no, absolutely not. We're <laughs> no. not going to put this in the movie. Jesus we're Christ. not putting this in the movie. And E.L. James That's threw a horrible. fucking hissy fit. And even the producers oh were God. like, no, we're not going to put this in. Are you fucking kidding oh my god oh my god 
Hey, if you've if you've if you've ever taken a tampon out of can't somebody, say I have, Tom. Like what is like what what the fuck? That's oh my god. She doesn't understand pow- like what's That's sexual horrible. about power dynamics. That's and just like, a really awful thing to have happened. And like I uh, hmm, and I'm even like reticent to like fully buy into this, but I do know uh like i have heard enough people talk about uh uh fantasies that they have where they are like robbed of consent in some way and that is an extremely complex specific uh uh feeling that i myself don't even know how i feel about but also like that is that is not something that needs to be given a fictional platform like it's like a fun sexy thing that you just do like your boyfriend just rips out your tampon to have sex with you that's horrible the the thing about of of the fantasies you're talking about is is when they're engaged with properly a lot of conversation happens yeah 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 and like that this 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 is the, the big, fiction yeah. presents it as though it is done with spontaneity yeah. even even within the bounds of the contract so the following is from the av club review of 50 shades uh, written by katie reif um and this is about this is sort of uh like this is the moment where i think the director and screenwriter gave up mm-hmm. and realized that they were fighting a losing battle which is disheartening to hear because yeah. they, I, I because the director they, and the they really wanted to make something good out of this because I think and I think you can I yeah, think you can do totally. a fun like trashy fuck movie you yeah. know shot from you know shot by a woman written by a woman from their perspective like I think it yeah. could have been something it could have been something that was like it could it could have been fun and it could have been something special to a lot of people and instead it it's was just like it was an experience that made two people fiction. quit film for a little bit like Jesus, spoiler alert very sad so in the film uh anna runs out on christian's apartment after he goes too far reveal and he reveal like which which is a brooch of the fucking contract right but he also reveals some, he reveals something that shows the the uh, the author's complete lack, uh, ignorance uh, he reveals that he's oh, not into yeah. BDSM. He's a full-on sadist. He, yeah. uh, so she, he runs after her, and as the the doors of the elevator close, she turns and yells, stop, which is like supposed to be an exchange and echoing their initial meeting. Sam Taylor Johnson wanted her to say her safe word, Adam, to, to and her whole that, process that was feel, that. That feels like a, like a, like a, a plot you know, beat. tying off the narrative arc of but their relationship. How she explained it was one, one. It was it was her showing that one. She knew that this was a game the whole time. That the relationship, not just the sex, that the relationship was was a, was a power ooh, game. Okay, that's yeah, what yeah. they were trying to do is show that she was she wasn't saying her safe word for that scenario. This was her being like now, the game is, is that, done. Yeah. And I'm, what we were talking about that a normal person would do yeah. with this contract and thing. It, and it colors and it colors their interactions and in that she is engaging in a level of like performance that's what they wanted that's with... the goal with that sam taylor johnson and kelly marcel had yeah. is that the, they I wanted to make it so yeah, that I, she I was part of the game it does not come I, across yeah, in the film and i don't know i don't necessarily know if that makes it like better or okay but it at least like complicates it in a in a way that is like uh, at least minorly constructive there's one movie i know i i'm so sorry i totally forget the name of are, it are you thinking of secretary no okay uh that is about uh two women in a uh subdom relationship and it is about it's not so much focused on their sexual interactions it's mm-hmm. way more focused on how that power dynamic plays outside and actually under understands that 
And I feel like that's what they wanted to do, and we're told from the start that this is not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, they wanted her to say red, and E.L. James said, absolutely fucking not. Why? Because it happens in the book like that. It was oh like, because she was, you know, remember, this was her baby. Movies are not books. Uh, uh, they're also not babies. This was her <laughs> baby. This was the thing that got, she didn't edit this moment to moment, so like, the Jacob character because uh, remember, Twilight is a love triangle for yeah, most yeah, yeah. of the series. There was a Jacob character in yeah, in he's the in the fr- he's in the first movie. And he is, he, and he comes onto her, and it's a it's a it's a weird, incredibly upsetting scene. And yeah. then Christian Grey comes in, and is supposed to be the good guy because he made her sign a contract she didn't get. In Taylor Johnson's uh, version, Anna knows this is all a game, and she can end it. This is back to the Katie Ray yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she knows that it's all a game, and it can end at any time. In James' version, Anna is still. Th- enthralled to christian a more a more quote-unquote romantic and not instantly sequel friendly version of events in the end james won the argument and the movie stayed true to her vision maybe that's why it fails yeah brutal i mean like that's the thing is like i think like even deeper than the fact that it does not understand the intricacies of like bdsm other than like leather (laughs) there's leather like i think a playroom i think that this film like does not understand consent like yeah i know no, it doesn't that understand consent it doesn't understand issue. like it doesn't understand kink it doesn't understand bsm but most importantly it does not, not understand yeah, consent yeah. it confuses spontaneity for assault yeah um or assault oh, for, for spontaneity yeah, yeah sorry um so they won like five battles maybe the director and writer like Man, that they like got that tampon experience well it was thank god that wasn't in the movie jesus christ no, fucking temper tantrum she's an adult they cut the entire inner goddess monologue that anna would have that like i read a lot of excerpts of and guys abysmal writing uh and I've never read the phrase "holy crap" more in a book <laughs> written by an adult, an English adult. Ah, holy crap! <laughs> but James was given an unprecedented amount of power. Both Taylor and Marcel decided not to return to the sequels. They had all had weird contracts where it was an option. They had the option to renew for two more movies if the first one was a success. So if it had failed, nothing would have happened. Yeah. But it didn't fail. It did gangbusters. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they still decided not to do it again. Man. So it's kind of unsure whether they decided to quit or if James had the producers oh, ask them to leave. Okay. Um, I think both are going to say what the other one doesn't want to hear. Yeah. I'm more inclined to believe Sam Taylor Johnson because she doesn't have a dog I, in this fight. There, that has to be like a thing where you just like, I man, like at a certain point you're like, I, I made the money from the first one. What will the second one really do? You know? Also, what, what well, really like, bummed me and, out? And, like, that's so many years. That's so much time of your life that you could be spending doing a different movie. Hey, this one movie that's, I did yeah. is successful. I put it under my belt. And, like, you know what? If you fucking hate it, that's fine. But, like, it did well. You know I can make a movie do well. So, like, why don't I do something that I actually think I have a chance of enjoying instead of another fucking slog fest with an evil human being? This was Sam Taylor Johnson's second movie. It's the second highest grossing film directed by a female. Mm -hmm. Uh, First one, I believe, is Kung Fu Panda 2. Um, Oh, that's nice. Yeah, Jennifer U. Nelson. Uh, I think what really bums me out about this is that, like, Samantha Taylor Johnson is... uh, 
she's she's middle aged because she did a lot of she was big in photography in the nineties and then went into mm-hmm. film in like the late two thousands. Uh, what was her first film? A Nowhere Boy, uh, a bi- biography about the Beatles. Uh, it's mm-hmm. where she met Aaron Taylor Johnson, who plays oh, okay. uh, John Lennon. Who then they got married. They have two kids. She's two kids. She's like a working mom, and they're very young. And like they're both working. He's an actor. She's a director. And it's just like, El, you know, it's hard enough to be away from your family <laughs> to direct a movie. Yeah. But like, to, and coming so from one every day, go and in. one mom from another. Like, El James <laughs> is, is lucky. She gets to spend. You know, the her her kids her are grown up. She got turned into a movie, and she's so lucky that she gets to spend. Uh, uh, you know, her her the next chapter of her life, like doing something that she wants to do, yeah. and she's fucking making everybody's lives miserable, and she's For ruining an incredible opportunity. Yeah, it it really it was just like. Which, like, and I mean, mm. like, it's just, it's, like, very indicative of, like, the Stephanie Myers. I mean, like, li- like literally it was her, but, like, her style, I think, as well, of, of like, storytelling and the, and the stories that she chooses to write about is, like, yeah, of course one of your fans has this, like, really fucking twisted idea of what's, like, good, healthy sex fiction. Sam Taylor Johnson became incredibly depressed after making that movie. Oh, man. That's she expected offers to still come in because it was a, a fucking hit. And she didn't get any. Not a, not a ton. Of course not. She went to go, okay. and she did, I think, the smartest thing was she went to just go spend time with her family oh, but, for a bit. Uh, you know what? Jason Bloom said that not a lot of women want to direct, you know, movies or horror or whatever. The dumbest thing Jesus you could say. Fucking I fucking was ready to, to like, ye- mm. I, I, I really like that guy. And then he said a fucking dumb thing, and now I think he's an ass. She did, however, she got a, a show on Netflix, Sam Taylor Johnson, oh. called uh, Session. Naomi Watts is about a therapist who gets, oh, like, two yeah. into her patients, and she was like, I read an interview, she was like, I'm directing again, and it feels oh, great. Oh, so. that's so nice. I'm so glad that, that things eventually turned around. As I mentioned, Car- Kelly Marcel co-wrote Venom, mm-hmm. which uh, did really well, even though... It's a weird movie. <laughs> I think it's a great movie. I think critics are wrong. I think it's a perfectly good sh- sloppy B movie that makes no sense and has Tom Hardy make out with a weird symbiote. Most- <laughs> it's super strange. It's better than A Star is Born. Uh, well, with Marcel and Sam Taylor Johnson gone, mm-hmm. E.L. James was left... You know what? Fuck it. Erica Mitchell, her real name, yeah. was left with the decision. She was like, I want to write the next two scripts so they can be in my vision. Mm-hmm. And the producers were like, uh, no, you're going to stay on as a associate executive producer, whatever, but uh, we're not going to we're not going to let you write these. All right. So they hired uh, a guy named uh, uh, Niall Leonard. Her, there, then, there you go. Uh, Niall Leonard. Who's Does that? that remember? Nine- you? Oh, well, you might know he's a British television vet, and he's uh, he's never written a feature before, but mm. he has been married to Erica Mitchell since 1987. Oh, my God. I actually God. mentioned him before. Oh, you did. Uh, they, hey, hired, you know, sorry, they hired her I'm, husband. Jesus Christ, are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah, her husband wrote the next two There's movies. No, there are no heroes in this story, only no. victims, and I don't even like some of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they hired a man named James Foley Jesus to direct. Jesus Christ, they hired her fucking husband yeah 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 read it goddamn god yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 word yeah wow yeah that's so uh, man that yeah wow that really speaks to the machine doesn't it hey it gets worse um well it's gonna get better for a bit uh both darker and freed didn't do nearly as well as uh the first one 
Yeah, shocker. Yeah, it was written by directed a fucking by dudes. man. One of the big criticisms was that uh, Christian Grey was not like sexually. The reason that they they cast uh, they cast a hot yeah, guy was not, for him to have his shirt off. That's the thing. Time. Is like, because it's not even like, because it's her fantasies. Yeah. It's her fantasies, and like like I said earlier, like I do know that there are that there is that there are people who share similarly minded fantasies, even though even if like the like content of which differs. Like, fucking Erica Mitchell knows what women want to fuck. She's a woman who wants to fuck this. Like, what is? Ugh. I don't know, man. But what is El James up to now? Oh, because what? it's not like they're gonna make more movies, because they did all three. So Stephanie Myers, after Twilight, announced that she was going to rewrite the entire Twilight series, but from Edward's perspective, right. titled Midnight Sun, uh, which is a um, paradox because that can't happen. <laughs> sun can't come out at midnight so that's a clever bit of titling there no it isn't because it's just <laughs> it's just a thing that isn't real it's like the moon it's the moon is the midnight sun it's not though it's a it. it's but it isn't because one's but, a star and one's it, a planet but, you know it reflects the light from the sun back down to earth and that's why it's like our little sun mirror friend in the in the nighttime. not to miss out on an opportunity erica mitchell's announced that she was doing the same fucking thing <laughs> by releasing 50 shades darker freed and the first From the one perspective of, of christian, christian gray uh here's the big difference james has uh written two already titled uh gray 50 gray colon 50 shades gray 50 shades of gray from the perspective of christian gray 50 and shades grayer darker uh colon 50 shades darker from the perspective of christian gray and it's expected that freed Fifty Shades Free from the perspective of Christian Grey will be released next year. <laughs> Stephanie Myers abandoned Midnight Sun. Why? Pro I would imagine it's not profitable. No, because E.L. James already beat her to it, and oh, she was really? like, "I just, I just don't want to. I just don't care." Mm. She's been asked about E.L. James, and she, at first she's like, "Hey, a fan did a thing. That's and great." Then, and now she's like, "I just don't want to talk about." I her. imagine it's kind of weird. <laughs> Yeah, God is dead, and we are truly living in His abyss. Mm -hmm. And that is my story no. in our own abyss, because we killed him and we threw him and we dragged him down into it. And that is my story on my least favorite author. That's so since Brady Stanellis. That's so dumb. That's so dumb. They fucking fired her and hired her husband. Hey, like, okay, uh, not to I like like want to want to be very clear that like she's this sucks and it, she should not have had the creative control that she had because she she misused it but the the idea that like okay this person who had a very specific creative vision and was like a fucking hound dog about it and to the point where it ruined these other people's lives and they and they were like instead we'll hire your husband why not hire another fan fiction writer why not there are so many there's so many and so many of them are really good she had an unprecedented amount of power on set. So when she was told no, she said, well, you'll just have to hire my husband. And then guess what? Who do you think was in the house when he wrote the fucking script? Like, she basically wrote those movies, man. 
fucking hate. Hell. I fucking hate Fifty Shades of Grey. I fucking hate it. Yeah, I really dislike it. I think that it is, uh, you know, like hinted at it before. But hey, like th- that is I not not like specifically that, but I have experienced you know emotional abuse and like it's fucking sick. It's twisted that like people throw that up like it's like oh it's like some cute fuck fantasy for all of america to enjoy what like what are we doing here anyway sometimes on this show we talk about real bummer stuff like Man, fucking that you and i really oh, i love i love how vague our themes are because some because we really went two different directions today um just like jesus christ uh we like to balance it out with our uh self-care corner where we talk about like a thing that was nice that happened in our days our weeks or our lives would you like to go first i joined a rec dodgeball league at age 25 which i thought was a bad sign but it's actually super fun and mm-hmm. we won our game on sunday uh well my uh self-care corner is that i am approaching my one week anniversary or <laughs> <laughs> so dumb i'm so dumb and i'm an idiot and if <laughs> if you think that i'm smart then you can go fuck yourself i'm approaching my one year anniversary with my partner and it's just really nice and we both managed to get the day off and we're really excited for it we have a big day we're gonna go to goodwill and get some clothes it's gonna be great October 24th to October 31st. (laughs) What a week it's been. Oh, Oh, and a Uh, magical week. I've I've grown so much. That's my favorite thing that's ever happened. Oh, my God. Holy shit. But it's just so nice. I, you know, like, what? You know what? Congratulations, man. One of seven days. Do you know what? Well, here, I'm going to tie it into the episode. I have, I have, uh, I have uh, made it out of a a particularly bad abusive relationship and for a very long time was like worried that I would not be able to feel intimately in that way uh, with another person ever again. And and then I met somebody and it, you know, despite the, the, the trickiness of like coming back into that, it has been really nice and I am just so happy. So that's my self care corner. Thanks for listening. I'd actually everybody. like to change my self care corner. My self care corner is when Tom almost said that he was approaching the <laughs> one week anniversary <laughs> with his girlfriend, who <laughs> I've hung out with so many times, <laughs> who is a distinct part of our lives. Oh my god! Oh my god, that's so. Funny. I'm gonna okay. have to tell her to listen to this. We have to go. Oh man! <laughs> Follow the podcast On around. Twitter. You know where we live. Yeah. Find us. Send me a picture of Sonic's feet. Hey, tell me, tell me I'm a dumb, big old idiot. <laughs> and I'm made out of juice. We'll be there for you we'll for a whole there week. for you, but just for se- seven days. We've been doing this podcast for two weeks and Tom years. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Major Casts Network. Stay fun, stay nasty, and stay major.